Now, I ask that to make us think about relationships and communication because the book of Psalms is really about a close relationship with God and communication with Him. The great value of the Psalms is that whereas a lot of Scripture, the majority of the rest of the Scripture, speaks to us, the Psalms speak for us. And and Lord willing, we'll go through this this morning and, and give you an example of that. There's probably no greater need and resultant joy in the life of a believer than when he finds a place and and comes to the place of intimate, two-way communication with God. I mean, when we come to really know God and... And I don't mean just receiving Christ as our personal Savior. When we come to really have communication with God, and and Psalms brings that out, a relationship can't be strong without real, known, satisfying communication. If we can't hear from God, if we don't have genuine faith and confidence in Him, if we're not receiving the guidance that we need, if we don't have the security in our relationship with Him, everything else in life will remain elusive. If we can't respond to Him and talk to Him and really bear our heart before Him, we will end up Really, um, our Christian life will end up languishing in prayerlessness, in struggle, discouragement, and doubts will hound us. It'll just become a stagnant relationship. It, it won't be, I mean, we'll sing the songs, but it won't be, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. It'll be blessed assurance. Is Jason going to lead us through all three songs of this verse, verses of this song? I sure hope not. It's getting awful long. We won't have it. And it comes down, the Christian life is a relationship. And the Psalms really bring out this relationship and and being unable to to really have that relationship with God where we commune with him and and pour our heart out to him if we don't have that we we bear the pain of isolation we're on our own and this is where the psalms come in they are a a precious gift of communication with God they cover every aspect and emotion in our relationship with God, from simple trust to the sense of sin to appeals to God's mercy when we are in trouble to conviction 
it covers the gamut of, of relationships and situations in our relationship with God. So we ask, who is, who would you say you are closest to in a relationship? And how is your communication in that? Well, the book of Psalms really show communication with God. Notice if you'd look at Psalm 34. And, and we're just going to use this to introduce and illustrate. But I want you to think of it. And, and as you will read through Psalms, um, think about it as this is a person communicating with God. Or communicating his heart with others about God. And we'll look at some of the types of the psalm. But remember, um, David was not the lone psalmist. David wrote many of the psalms. But um, Asaph wrote uh, many psalms. There were many writers of the psalms. The sons of Korah wrote many um, the Psalms were the songbook. There are Psalms that we don't know who wrote them, but God has recorded them for us. But in Psalm 34, notice David's communication. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and save such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. He keepeth all his bones, not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord redeemeth the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. You notice in this psalm, David is 
giving instruction. He is inviting people, come, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come, let's praise his name together. And and he is uh, thrilled and passionate about God. And he wants others to share in that. And he, he shares in this, in the reality of it, inviting us to do this. And as we look at the Psalms, you will see the communications. In, in looking at the various types of Psalms, um, depending how you divide them up, um, this morning we're going to mention six different types. Some mention as many as ten different types. Um, it's, it's not really that important that you understand all the types other than to help you understand this aspect of communication and understand, okay, this psalm that I'm reading, what is this? First of all, the type of psalm, there is the psalm that are known for their exuberant praise of God. They are known as hymns. Um, Most of them follow a basic, similar structure. They call us to worship. They give reasons to worship. Worship God. And then they renew a call to worship. Psalm 103 is one of these hymns. And and, um, there are many of these. We'll look at some of them as we go through. But David again is saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He's he's extolling the, the greatness of God. And true praise elevates God, not the one that is doing the praising. And David always comes back. To God and the Psalms that are written come back to God. True praise magnifies God in a corporate group, not the thoughts of the one speaking or or um, anyone else. Praise literally is a matter of life and breath, and we'll learn in Psalms as long as the believer has life and breath. Praise is due from our lips to our incomparable God. And it is all about praise. As long as I have life, I need to be giving praise to God. As long as I have breath, I need to be giving praise to God. So one section of Psalms, and and they don't come, it's not like Psalm 1 through 34 are the hymns. They are interspersed throughout the book of Psalms, and we'll come back and look at some of those. Another group of Psalms are the Psalms of Lament. These are the largest group of Psalms. There's about 60 of these. This is something that we offer to God when we are hurting, when we are in the midst of darkness, when we are in pain, I find it interesting that the book of Psalms, the largest group of Psalms, relate to pain. To our words, our communication with God, when we're experiencing pain, when we're in the midst of a valley. 
They are very passionate psalms. They, um, they carry much emotion. As I said, we'll get in and look at some of these. But their passion is basically this. I am hurting. They are winning. And you don't care. How many of you have ever been in a situation similar to that? The reality is the Psalms are very, very real pictures of genuine life. We sometimes think, oh, I've never thought God didn't care. Well, you must be stronger than most other people and most of the psalmists. I've never thought that they are winning. Well, a lot of times it really looks like they are winning. But these songs of lament, that's their passion. I am hurting, they are winning, and you don't care. And, and they reflect the full range of responses that man may have toward God in light of his circumstances. And, and not all of these are necessarily based on an accurate estimation of the situation. But they show the heart of man. And the heart of a man that has a relationship with God that is such that he can go to God and say, God, I am hurting. And we are losing all the way around. And do you care, God? That's an intimate relationship that, that you're even able to go before God like that. But they have a progression. They, as you follow these, and we'll look at them, they go from pain to praise, from sighing to singing, from helplessness to hopefulness. The feeling of being abandoned by God is perhaps the most striking feature of these psalms. And it is a very real feeling that we can deal with in this life. So, there are the psalms of praise. There are the psalms of lament, of, of hurt and pain. And in these, in the midst of the hurt, sometimes calling for God to wipe out the wicked. And we'll look at some of those as we go on. But God responds to the psalmist's lament. And he brings deliverance or healing or victory over his enemies. And then there is immediate thanksgiving. And we find psalms of thanksgiving. In other words, the thanksgiving psalm is a response to answered lament. Um, the, psalm, the psalm we read earlier, Psalm 34, is a thanksgiving psalm. And um, he says, I cried, un- I cried unto the Lord 
This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and delivered me from all my enemies, saved me from my troubles. There's a pattern in the Thanksgiving psalm of distress or misery, an appeal to God of deliverance, and now the overflowing testimony of thanksgiving. So, we have psalms of praise for who God is, psalms of lament and and crying out to God, songs of thanksgiving. God, I cried unto you, and you heard me, and I, I give thanks to you. There is a much smaller section of psalms that are identified as royal psalms. They talk about the king, God as king. They talk about the king of Israel. And they talk about his authority and his kingship. They deal with God as the king and the earthly king of Israel is their major focus. It's a smaller section of psalms. There are a number of psalms that are wisdom psalms. These give the concrete, practical ways God wants his people to live. Psalm 1, that we will be looking at in detail, is a wisdom psalm. Psalm 119, the longest in in the Bible, chapter in the Bible, is a wisdom psalm. These give, these are the ways of God. And if you are wise, you will walk in these ways. And one last category of psalm is a psalm of confidence. Here the psalmist, not like the lament, different than the lament, here the psalmist is declaring his trust in the, in the Lord. He's trusting God's goodness and God's greatness and God's power and there are are at least nine different psalms that are confidence psalms. Psalm 11, Psalm 16, Psalm 23, probably the most familiar psalm of all. The Lord, it's confidence. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's with confidence that he says this. Now, all of these give the spectrum from complaining, literally lamenting before God, to praise and thanksgiving, to confidence in God. And it really shows the heart of man communicating with God. I want to quickly make some application that we can learn from from just this so far. Number one, God wants a relationship with me. A relationship is real. A relationship is honest. A relationship is open. A relationship is one-on-one. You don't have relationships with a group. This is a relationship with God Almighty. And God wants a relationship with us. And you don't find God rebuking these psalmists for coming to Him. Of course not in praise 
and thanksgiving and confidence, but nor do you find him rebuking them in their honesty, expressing their, their fear and their doubts. And God gives us this large book that covers all this spectrum and basically what he's saying, I, I want to meet you where you are. I want to have a relationship with you. I love you. And, and if you don't know enough, I want to have a relationship with you that I sent my only son. And now I just don't, I've paid this great price to bring you to a relationship. I don't want you to just see you and say, hi, how are you? Fine. Okay, good. And go on your way. That isn't a relationship with God. It isn't just showing up and saying, okay, God, and half-heartedly reading the Bible or half-heartedly singing songs. That's not a relationship. He wants to enter into our very life. And the psalmist said in Psalm 62, pour your heart out before me. I, I often tell people when, when they have lost a loved one, and, and really it's so hard for people because when someone loses a loved one, people come and, and there's all kinds of activity, but the greatest thing that we need in times like that is to go before God alone and pour our heart out to God. And sometimes we're almost fearful, like, I might say something he doesn't like. Realize, secondly, God knows. God already knows what you're thinking. And and he wants us to come before him. He wants this relationship. And God knows. And he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows and God hears. Well, I haven't been that great, and, and I'm not one of the upper echelon. And if you think you are one of the upper echelon, it's pretty evident that you're not. But we, we think, well, who am I that God would hear me? God's ear is open unto the cry of his child. God wants to hear you. And you read some of these psalms, and it's like, wow, they said that? And God heard it and recorded it and kept it for all of us so that we'd know God wants to hear from us. Even when we feel like we're sinking and we're saying, God, what is going on? God wants to hear from us. And his ear is open to us. And the Psalms will teach us that God is at work. We need to have a renewed awareness of God's intimate involvement in our affairs, not only in times of blessing, but also in adversity. You may profess some kind of relationship with God But do you find him consistently active in your world and especially in your life? Or is God non-existent? Oh, we know he's here. But no, do you see him at work in your life? God 
is at work. And, and as we go through the Psalms, he's going to show us that the details of life, God is in the details. And number five, God delivers. Over and over again, you'll read in the Psalms that he delivered. In my distress, I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me, and he saved me, and lifted me up, and set my feet on a rock. I mean, this is encouraging. God delivers. He, he paints a real picture. There will be mire that you go through in life. There will be dark days. There will be difficult times. But God delivers. And then we'll learn that God is to be praised with passion. The Psalms carry much emotion and passion. How has your profession of faith touched your heart? Does the presence of sin in this world cause you grief? Is there a brokenness when you pray? What, what real emotion is conveyed in your relationship with God? In your religious activities? What emotion is it? Sometimes it's just like we're robots. We just go, no, the book of Psalms is going to show us this is a passionate relationship. This is, come, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. I mean, He is urging. He is, it's, it's full of passion. I fear that many times we have emphasized that emotions are not to run our lives. And they are not to be the ruler of our lives And because we've emphasized that, we've got to the point where there is no emotion in our relationship. You can't have love without emotion. I mean, there is going to be a passion. There is going to be a a deep commitment. There is it's it's going to affect our heart. The Psalms are designed to teach us to do one thing, and that's to worship. These psalms reflect every human emotion, but they do so in a very important way. They are emotions seen in relationship with God. And this book teaches us to be honest before God. The balance and the beauty between prayer and praise Show us that life is not just about asking for help and blessing. It's also about giving thanks and honor to God. How would you rate your praise life? Someone has written, Many baffled birds in vain will wave one wing. 
Drooping prayers they pray, but rarely shout and sing. Round and round these earthbound birds go on in a daze, for they fail to stretch the other wing, the other wing of praise. God says it's prayer and it's praise. It's not one to the exclusion of the other. And he calls us to be a living psalm to God. Let me ask you, is your communication with God real today? I mean, is there, can you look at it and say, Yes, I, I've gone before God, and, and with my broken heart I take to Him, and with my joyous heart I take to Him, and, and in prayer and praise, my heart belongs to God and is God, and there is no greater passion than what I have for God. That's what the psalmist will bring to us. As we said at the beginning, the great value of the psalms is that so much other Scripture speaks to us, The psalms speak for us. There will be times you will read a psalm of lament and it's like, I didn't write this, did I? Because it's conveying your heart. There will be times you'll read a psalm of praise and it's like, wow, that is my heart. That is the reflection of my heart and God is delighted in it. But at this introduction to psalms, it comes down to this Is there a passionate relationship with God that you bear your heart before God? It is not, God did not save us. God did not send His Son just to save us and I have a ticket to heaven and then to not enjoy God in this life and to walk with God and to praise Him and depend on Him and cry out to Him. He saved us to bring us to a relationship. The relationships have their highs and have their lows, but through it all, even in the midst of the lows, it draws us closer to the heart of God. And it can't be without genuine communication. My heart, my heart breaks for people that are on the outside. I don't mean out there. I mean they're on the outside looking in and they don't really have a relationship with God. The book doesn't come alive when they read it. That there's not genuine praise. What are you thankful for? Uh, 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 Good weather. I'm not minimizing giving thanks for good weather, but food, health. Seriously? Is that all we can give thanks for? Honestly, myself included, we all do a poor job of praise to God. You know, it ought to be at a service. What do you give praise to God for? It ought to be boom, 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 boom. Man, I've been walking with him this week, and he just confirmed to me over again that he'll never leave me or forsake. Whatever it is that he 
dealt with us this week. That's what Psalms, Psalms came from a personal walk with God. And God wants that with us. Ah, you don't know me. No, I don't, but God does, and he still says, I want you. He still says, cry out to me. I mean, I honestly believe God's almost, if you please, bending down to hear, is is America going to cry out to me? Are believers going to cry out to me? What else do I have to do? Do I hear a rumbling? Do I do I hear something? In in this family, are they going to cry out to me? See, there's a difference between complaining and crying out to God. We do a lot of complaining to one another. But very little crying out to God. Well, I don't think that I should. God would much rather have you complain to Him than to complain to others. Because when you talk to Him, as the offertory said, I must tell Jesus, He is a kind, compassionate friend. In my distress... He never will leave me. And that's what God says to you today. I want a relationship with you. But we must make the move toward him. If you draw near to me, Jesus said, I will draw near to you. Heavenly Father, I pray that there would come a revival in our relationships with you, that our lives could be living psalms of praise, of thanksgiving, of deliverance, of confidence, of lament that leads to singing as we submit to you and your will. Lord, I pray that as we begin to look in this book of Psalms, that your spirit would open our hearts to the ways of you. And Lord, that our relationships would be drawn closer than they ever have been before with you. Lord, I pray for individuals here today that they know in their heart that they don't have a relationship with you. They may know about you, but they know in their heart they don't. Lord, I pray today that they would call upon Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin and that they would start walking with you. Lord, I pray for individuals who have trusted you as Savior, but they've neglected their relationship with you. Lord, I pray today that they would get alone with you and cry out to you and lay open their heart before you and that they would know the working of you in their lives. Lord, I pray that we would come to have the heart that is near to the heart of you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.